0: All of your favorite characters await you in the wondrous world of Star Comics! Our
1: present to you! They're here! Collector's item first issues, new for Marvel! All of your favorites! Heathcliff! Ewoks! Strawberry Shortcake! Get Along Gang! The Muppet Babies! Fraggle Rock! And introducing the newest superstars! Planet Terry! Peter Porker the Spectacular Spider-Ham! Wally the Wizard! Top Dog! Royal Roy! The excitement starts now! Don't miss a single fun-filled issue. Welcome, dear listeners, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I'm Jeff. And I'm Rick. Rick, it's time for random banter. <laughs> random banter time, buddy. What's been going on with you? <laughs> well,
0: I don't know if you realize it or not, but... um. We are feeling pretty good after having a beer. Yeah, that was a good beer. That was a very good beer because we just got done being on the Geo Gearheads show. Yes, we were in episode 341. 341. And if you want to check out that show, I highly recommend it because it has nothing to do with comic books.
1: Yeah, we, <laughs> we talk about the fact that we do this with comics.
0: If you go to our Twitter page, we've linked to that show for Geo Gearheads. It's about geocaching, uh, it's a, another hobby that Jeff and I really enjoy. It's how we met each other we were asked to be on the show it was a live youtube show that they recorded and then put out to a podcast so you can actually look up the youtube with it and you can see us in our absolute glory sitting in jeff's basement yeah, and you can uh, get
1: a, a feel for our recording studio yes quote unquote <laughs>
0: It was it was a lot of fun It was neat. I, Yeah, it was, it was a good time How about
1: you, my friend? What are you up to? Man, I've had uh, a busy two weeks That's right Yeah, I've I've pulled out I started demo in my kitchen and dining room I, I pulled the carpeting out of the dining room Yes, we had carpeting in the dining room Look, previous owners, now we're fixing it uh, <laughs> So that took two hours And then I had to uh, hand scrape all the adhesive Off of the tiling that was underneath that Because uh, it was real powdery So that took two days So good. we did that And then uh, we went out to Sun River for a week and visited some friends of ours and did some caching. And uh, what was really fun is on the 4th, uh, we spent that not celebrating the 4th of July, but we celebrated a dog Henry's 11th birthday party. We had an 11th birthday party barbecue for a friend of friend's dog. And so we did that. And then it broke out into an impromptu ukulele jam session that I sang at. Awesome. Uh Uh-huh. So that was uh, (laughs) one of the more different 4th of Julys that I've ever had.
0: Hmm. Yeah, ukulele yeah ukulele it was actually fun it was really I, cool i i think you can only have two directions you can go with a breakout ukulele sing-along okay it could be either the most awesome thing ever or a train wreck cacophony of unimaginable proportions no it
1: was pretty cool There
0: were th- but like i said those yeah. are the, those are oh the, yeah the, the, you would you you got one or the other that's what hear, i'm saying
1: yeah you hear ukulele jam session and you're like oh it's getting late and i gotta go <laughs> But I'm
0: going to tap my imaginary watch and say, we got to go, honey.
1: No, nah, it was, uh, we popped up uh, YouTube, had a bunch of uh, covers of uke, uh, you know, ukulele s- songs or songs done on mm-hmm. ukulele and had like the fingering and the notes and how to do it and the, like the song words and everything. And it was just, it was cool. We had three ukes and a uh, person playing guitar. All right. I mean, Singing, stumbling along on stuff, too. I hope that
0: one of the songs that you sang was the two-sentence replay of last episode, because Uh, that would prepare
1: you for what you're about to do now. Darn it, it wasn't. Uh, So instead of singing it, how about uh, I I just say it? I think that would be perfectly acceptable okay so here's the two sentence replay jack still hates pants and after an evening of an intelligent alien spaceship doubting the existence of aliens the powers go on a grandpa-fueled whirlwind tour of new york carnegie hall to coney island there they meet the alien aquatic hero marina after encountering waking up and doing battle with snake eyes the giant alien serpent that is a xanthian boulder crusher now that the how wrong could friday be two sentence replay is over why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick is my pleasure my friend, for the second time tonight, I am presenting you a beer. Ooh! The last beer was a uh, Imperial uh, Chocolate and Peanut Butter Stout from uh, Grand Notions. Great Brewing. Great Notions. Great Notions Brewing. Peanut in Brother. In Brother. Mm-hmm. Peanut Brother mm-hmm. from Portland, and it was really good. But what about this one?
0: Well, what about this one? I'd like to present to you Ballast Point Sea Monster. <laughs> Hey sweet. That's awesome. Uh, because yeah. this episode is titled Sea Hunt. Yes.
1: And we're going on a little bit of a sea cruise to look for a... Sea Monster. That's right. That is amazing. I got to see see that glass. Uh, Yeah, the jar. The bottle. And the bottle.
0: And the good news is... Yeah, give me one second here. And the good news is with this fantastic beer from San Diego, California, from Ballast Point Brewery, this is a 10% ABV with a 65 IBU. And it is an American Imperial double. So you get two... Stouts,
1: nice. Yeah, it's got a uh, it's got an anglerfish uh, on the front, so a deep sea fish lighting its way, and it's looking all monstrous. That's pretty great, and it's got a story on it. A beast of an imperial stout. Our sea monster imperial stout explores the darkest reaches of the traditional oatmeal stout. This bold, rich brew first lures you in with the roasted coffee notes, then grabs hold with hints of bittersweet chocolate and currant. Backed with a perfect hot balance, you'll soon discover this one monster of mythic proportions. Okay, that's cool. That's neat that'll make a neat photo for the old website
0: <laughs>
1: Cheers my friend to good hunting and fair seas there's the Imperial that's the Imperial mm-hmm. oh th- I really taste the current in that I get the coffee notes I'm not getting the I'm not getting the chocolate it is definitely a stark difference from the last beer very much so yeah uh, I'm getting Imperial and mostly current this is a current stout yeah. Yeah, this is a this is a much stronger beer. This will be fun, though. Yeah, that's uh, it's a monster. It's a monster. All right, and now the opening credits, if you please. Power Pack Issue Number Ten, May 1985. Sea Hunt Credits: Writer Louise Simonson, Guest Penciler Brent Anderson, Inker Bob Wycheck, Colorist Glenis Ween, Letterer Joe Rosen, Editor Carl Potts, Editor in Chief Jim Shooter. Featuring. Alex Power aka G, oldest power
0: sibling at 12, has the ability to increase or decrease the gravity of objects he touches. Julie Power aka Lightspeed, second oldest power sibling at 10, has the ability to fly very fast leaving a rainbow trail behind her. Jack Power aka Mass Master, second youngest power sibling at 8. Has the ability to control his molecular density due to his cranky nature. Jeff likes to make him sound like a seventy-year-old man. Katie Power, A.K.A. the Energizer, youngest Power sibling at five, has the ability to disintegrate matter, turning it into energy, which she can expel into power balls. My seven-year-old daughter does this voice. Guest starring Friday, an alien smart ship. Friday used to belong to Whitey, a chameleon scientist who gave the Power children his powers as he died. Marina, a superpowered amphibious alien, she looks like a green-skinned and haired human, but has increased strength and durability and a bunch of swimming powers. Snake Eyes, a gigantic alien serpent, a xanthian boulder crusher that has the ability to hypnotize beings to sleep
1: by looking into their eyes. Hey Rick, since this is our 10th show, I have something special for you. Oh really? That's awfully nice. What do you got for me? A song version of the featuring section that you just did. Oh dear god. (laughs) You didn't ask for it, but you're getting it. Lightspeed, 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 lightspeed! She flies across Manhattan as a rainbow understand. G controls the gravity and is quite bland. Mass Master's a cloud unless he is really small. An Energizer is the best one of all. She disintegrates matter to power her attacks. And this team's name is Power Pack. You might wonder how they got their powers from this place. Well, it came from alien sorcery from outer space. Yay, me? Happy 10th episode everybody.
0: You know at the beginning when I envisioned this, I never envisioned being serenaded on the 10th anniversary. I am horrified and honored.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the first uh, the first anniversary is paper, and then the 10th one is uh, a cacophony? I, I sing you a silly little song.
0: <laughs> now to the issue at hand. Who needs to walk when you can explode into the night like Power Pack? They do make an entrance. Friday is sitting on the roof as the four powered-up pint-sized peoples burst out of the stairwell of their apartment. Jack is complaining, like usual, that they have blown their secret identities. He believes that in fighting Snake Eyes, last issue, and saving everyone at the aquarium, they have revealed themselves. The rest of the kids have a reaction of, oh well, or that they probably did not really see us, or that they would recognize us anyway. Jack's doubting Thomas' response
1: to this, that maybe there's a man in the moon. There is, you know. What? A man in the moon. Well... On the moon. Well, actually, it's the Inhumans. They all live on the moon. And your point is? Uh, Just that Jack is already wrong on one thing, and I'm curious to see if he's wrong about the other thing as well. Time will tell, my friend. Time will tell. Once on the roof, Friday starts tossing Katie in the air and
0: catching her as only an alien smart ship with robotic arms and hands can.
1: Ah, yes. The peaceful playtime equivalent of being tossed around by a couple of backhoes. So survivable and fun.
0: Says you. Julie makes a comment here that Friday is theirs, and Alex replies, Maybe we are his!
1: Julie counters that Friday is a her. Interesting to note that they are having this argument in front of Friday, and Friday does not correct or provide an opinion. Friday does respond to part of the conversation by saying,
0: I think we belong to each other, Alex.
1: And then Alex, who started off by being kind of cool and correcting Julie's possessive ownership nature, starts to boysplain and berate the much more advanced and intelligent smart ship about what Friday did wrong by going to the museum. Jeez, Alex, back off. Don't worry, dude. Katie's got this.
2: Well, I'm glad Friday came. She saved Jack and me from Snake Eyes when he knocked us out.
1: So, Friday did not say one way or another about her, his, gender. No, but I did some research into this, and I know that we may be diving deeper into a subject that was not part of the creator's original intent, but in this instance, using today's accepted terms and labels, we should start using the non-binary labels of they-them. The kids have accepted Friday as a sentient entity, and we have canonically seen Friday show feelings and deductive reasoning. The children have not directly asked Friday for their preference. Until they do, or until Friday states a preference, we should use the gender neutral.
0: And I'm pretty sure that we are correct about that.
1: And if we're not,
0: I do apologize to everybody out there.
1: But why are the kids up, you ask? I really didn't ask that question, but it moves things along, so okay. They
0: need to round up the big old snake they dropped somewhere in the Atlantic. Marina and Friday trace snake eyes to a narrow search
1: area, and Marina is still out hunting while Friday picks up the kids. As Friday takes off into the night with our young heroes, Alex reminds them that it is superhero names only from here on out. This pushes Jack... You mean Massmaster ...to continue his argument that it doesn't matter. He truly
0: believes their secret is blown, and that they will be seen as monsters, like how Cloak and Dagger and Marina see themselves. To this, Alex... You mean G. G's himself... And Julie, you mean Lightspeed, counterpoints by saying that she had a conversation way back in Issue 5 with her mom. Maggie told her daughter that she will still love her even if she could fly. Meanwhile, Katie, you mean Energizer, is at the ship's window and looking outside. They are underwater and surrounded by fish.
1: You know, you should have just put the kids' aliases in the script. It would have been easier. Yeah, but probably no less funny. True, but I guess it also alludes to the fact that these kids drop their real names so much when they're in costume that they might as well just have name tags. Hi. My name is Alex. How are you? <laughs> Just leave business cards around that Pretty says much. <laughs> "Mass Master, the Great Jack." <laughs> Wait, no, Wait, no, I, mean, I don't live in New York. <laughs> Before we get to the Little Mermaid section of this podcast,
0: I want to rewind to a one-panel shot on this page that timestamps this issue. Friday swings by the Statue of Liberty on the way out to the river. The statue is completely
1: covered in scaffolding, creating a very striking piece of artwork. Good call. This is part of the conservation restoration of the Statue of Liberty. This project spanned from 1984 to 1986. Much of the restoration effort was based on unprecedented restorative methods, owing largely to the fact that metallurgical repair work on such a scale had never been attempted before. Many professional scientists and engineers, government organizations, and various consultants were called in to evaluate and deal with the various problems and tasks facing the restoration effort. After the statue was restored, it was reopened during Liberty Weekend on July 3rd through 6th, 1986.
0: A very cool nod to this piece of history.
1: And now back to the Little Mermaid section previously mentioned. Power Pack kids, listen to me. Space is filled with bad alien snarks. Life in New York City and the Hudson River is way better than what is up there. Stop, stop, stop. Do you want to get sued? The kids are on their own little sea cruise and the USS not the Nautilus. They are getting an awesome look at the fishies and strange sonar readings and deep sleeping dolphins. Wait, sleeping dolphins? Yeah, it looks like Snake Eyes was through the area and hit these pods with the old hypno-whammy. According to my very much damaged
0: and dog-eared copy of Ranger Rick, this is bad if they sleep. Lights. has also read that copy. Hopefully not my own copy because that'd be kind of creepy. Because she knows that mammals, like dolphins, require air. And if they are
1: underwater and can't move...
2: You mean they might drown?
1: Never fear. GoGoGadget's smart ship whips up some scuba helmets, flippers, and gloves to complement their waterproof and insulated costumes. Friday is the literal deus ex machina, Mary Sue. True, but I love it. Let's not quibble about plot obstacles getting in the way of a cool story and a wonderful adventure. We have a magic ship to provide the solutions.
0: You know who else loves having a plot advancing smart ship? Alex. In fact, he loves the helmet so much that he tells Friday that they're great.
1: Have a drink.
2: I like it. Can we help the dolphins now?
1: After the questing quads suit up, Friday surrounds them in an airlock, performs precise calculations and calibrations on air and water pressure, and starts to fill the tank with seawater. Mm. Reminds me of the
0: time that we went scuba diving together. I remember we had to go through all those classes, and all that information about how to pressurize your, your suit correctly and all the calculations they had to do that, just so we could go in a pool.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Seems like they missed that step here. Eh, alien smart ship and alien smart. She, uh, fine, fine, yeah. fine, fine, fine. Unstable molecules, lots of tape. But Obvious,
0: no. <laughs> obviously, there will not be any compression or bends-related issues in the future. No, of course not.
1: They have helmets, so safe as can be. As houses. As safe as houses. Under- Underwater underwater,
0: houses. Underwater
1: houses, that's right.
0: As Friday starts to prepare the kids to go underwater by putting them in a tank and equalizing the water and filling the tank up with water, Energizer flips out and reverts to her standard response, disintegration, and begins to absorb the water. Surprisingly, it is Mass Master and G that explains how airlocks work, while Lightspeed reassures the youngest child that swimming in the ocean is easy. And, when in doubt, she can just
1: shoot a Powerball. Huzzah for violence, the cause of and solution to most of life's problems. Thus begins the infamous Operation Dolphin Deliverance. For many years, aquatic stories have been whispered about this daring rescue. The aquatic mammals still tell stories of the brave children who saved them not only from drowning, but also from the attacking sharks.
0: That's right! It is time for a… Shark Attack! Shark attack. It's time for a... Wait, stop, stop. We can't do that song either. Oh, uh, but why not? A few reasons. First, according to the lawyer standing in the corner of the basement, we can't use the actual lyrics from Jaws the Musical in 3D. But but it was so appropriate. Plus, we used a parody of this back on issue three.
1: Uh, so much wasted potential.
0: I know. There, there. And finally, the next line in that song is a word we decide not to say on our family-friendly podcast.
1: Fine. But you do know that's not a lawyer, right? It's just a mannequin holding a briefcase? Your basement is weird. Well, thanks to some awesome powerballing by Energizer. And some fancy family teamwork. The kids are able to get themselves to safety. But what about the poor dolphins? They need to go back and save them from the sharks. Well, never fear, because a tornado appears and flings all the sharks up, up, and away. Hmm. A tornado
0: of sharks. A shark tornado. You know, I feel like there is a name that
1: we could use for this but I just can't think of what it is. I got it. I know what it is. I know what to call it. Oh, yeah, yeah, what? How about Marina's Water Spout?
0: What? Why why that instead
1: of saying Sharknado? Simple because Marina immediately shows up and then Lightspeed calls it Marina's Water Spout. Okay, fair enough. But all joking aside, can we point out that this is the
0: first Sharknado ever?
1: Ah, uh, Power Pack. Way ahead of its time in the fusing of sharks to tornadoes. Truly, this is a visionary comic. They all take a break, sitting on a floating Friday while Lightspeed swims with the dolphin. Marina does some name-dropping, letting the kids know that Prince Namor... The Submariner, Imperious Rex! The Prince of... Stop it! ...will be pleased the dolphins were saved. She regales them with the sad tale that she was almost Namor's King of the- undersea the avenging sun the first Stop it. queen but then she found out she comes from a vicious race of alien conquerors so she was not fit to rule yeah like that isn't already a prerequisite to rule
0: she also starts to retell the kids about her escape from the collector but lightspeed gets tired of the sad sack woe is me d-lister from alpha flight oh that's kind of harsh you know that man mm-hmm. and finishes the story for her. the collector is an old marvel cosmic entity that travels the universe and finds rare or endangered objects of beings he stores these quote-unquote, possessions,
1: on a large ship he built. So, what you're saying is that this guy called the Collector collects things and puts them in his collection.
0: Yeah, pretty much an as-advertised, on-the-nose,
1: look-at-the-box, read-the-label kind of character. Do you ever think that the Collector just made a mistake when he picked up Snake Eyes? Do you think that he was hoping for a mysterious hand-to-hand martial arts instructor that he could use to help him acquire more specimens? Possibly. Correct universe, wrong Earth. During all this, Lightspeed is getting that awesome swimming with the dolphin experience as she is holding onto a fin and going up and down in the water.
0: Friday takes this lull in action as a chance to drop some needed plot exposition by explaining that the Collector probably captured Snake Eyes while was hibernating in the Arctic cold of Xanthian winter, and then tamed the mighty beast with a chameleon translation flute as they will obey commands piped to them in their own language. Plot points!
1: You're soaking in them. Lightspeed continues her dolphin ride, and it is all just fun and games until...
0: (laughs) Splash! She flies out of the water,
1: screaming
0: at Friday to get out of the water, because old HypnoEyes is right under them.
1: As the snake surfaces, Massmaster holds some cloud hands over the evil eyes while G tries to play a tune on a flute they brought with them, explaining that it is said that music is supposed to soothe the savage beast. The smith's loving Marina is confused, so G patiently explains the plot point that had just been revealed right in front of her. Now let's see the outcome of G's attempt to find the correct melody to put the boulder crusher to sleep. Hang on, the Smiths loving Marina? Yeah, she's depressing and depressed. Uh, fair enough. Fair she enough. likes depression music. And Smiths are awesome. I get it!
0: The results are not positive. In fact, they are downright negative. Wah, wah.
1: Jack agrees to this negative statement by saying, Gee, it's not working. He's coming right at you. You're supposed to be putting him to sleep. Try something else. Marina
0: also points this out, adding that it seems Gee has given the snake. The attack command. Nice, Alex. Real nice. Massmaster drops the hammer on Snake Eye's snout, causing the reptile to slam into the water, which causes the floating friday to bounce, which causes Energizer to fall, which causes Lightspeed to pull her up quickly, which causes Snake Eyes to attack, which causes Energizer to shoot off a powerball into the snake's open mouth, which then causes a the snake to do a backflip into the water and run away.
1: Hooray!
0: Too bad they had one job, to catch him, which they just failed. Boo. But Friday is tracking him now, and the five heroes and
1: the smart ship submerge below to continue the hunt. This takes them to a wrecked ship underwater, which is pretty cool. The kids are getting an amazing adventure and experience seeing all of this oceanic wildlife. The kids disembark Friday and follow Marina deeper into the ship, looking for the hiding monster.
0: Luckily, they can hear the sound of the snake bouncing around the wreck, as well as Marina speaking
1: to them. Wait, wait, how? I mean, the kids are wearing helmets which I'm sure have communication gear, but how's Marina talking? And and how can they hear sounds underwater? Um,
0: comic science, hand-wavy, I don't know, magic, unstable molecules, double-sided tape. You figure it out later and tell me, alright? For now, let's just look at what they're saying, not how. Marina points out that Snake Eyes is not a monster, but a lost, pathetic, alien animal.
1: You say potato, I say
0: monster. She points out that the alien should be green, but the Earth's ocean water is making him pink. Talk about pollution, baby. Kind of like a big organic litmus paper that tries to kill you.
1: Hmm, litmus of
0: death. That sounds like a cool metal song or an excellent hairband. And we can make it up if we wanted to.
1: Yeah, that's what G points out. Well, not the song part, but the litmus part. G also gets a bright idea that they could trap him on the ship. He could de-grab it, and Friday could tow it to the Arctic where the boulder crusher could hibernate, thus tying up the storyline with a nice shiny frozen bow. They decide they will try to lure him into a small room by making
0: squeaky noises. Underwater. Noise. Underwater. Lock him in and send him to deep freeze. So, y'all ready for this cacophony?
1: Well, that was pleasant, but
0: effective. The serpent slams upward through the floor of this room. With Mass Master doing the obfuscation thing,
1: Energizer blasts a powerball at its head. The snake tries to recoil back through the hole it made, but is getting stuck. Marina has one last trick. She says that part of her power set is the ability to secrete a chemical which causes temporary blindness upon contact with the eyes. Sure, right. Okay, whatever. You know, I have that ability too, or I experience it. If somebody pokes me in the eyes, uh, I temporarily go blind. Really? Yeah. Go try it. Yeah. I can't see! Hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'd do it back with your wearing glasses. The kid's worry that she could be killed, but she says it would leave the world a better place. She's lady. I know I've made fun of you and your depression, but you need help. Go see a professional. I'm sure Doc Samson could fit you in if you asked. I mean, after all, you were an Avenger once, in one issue of one comic, once. This isn't helping, is it? Let's just get back to the action. Marina swims forward and blinds the Xanthian giant with a
0: mighty twin.
2: Swap, swap.
1: But Snake Eyes hypno-whammies her at the same time. The kids pull the unconscious heroine out of the room and try to make their escape. Of course the way is blocked, and G orders Energizer to blow a hole in the side of the ship.
2: Ha, you call me Katie. Katie! Okay, okay. Strike a
1: The kids get out and G does his thing, expanding his gravity power over the whole ship, causing it to float up like a pop-up video bubble.
0: Pop-up video. (laughs) They attach a line and pull the floating vessel out into the night sky.
1: And somewhere, a sad redhead sheds a tear for her missing Joe.
0: I think that there may also be a ninja dressed in white who is laughing.
1: Much later...
0: A cold. But bundled up, Alex is sitting on the deck of the floating ship. Thankfully, another part of Marina's ever expanding power set is, I don't feel bitter biting cold. And so she is chilling uh. <laughs> with the G Master. And they are rapping about how Marina could have been killed, and she does not care. Can we just say again, this lady needs a
1: therapist? Well, she is stuck with G, and he tries to improve her self image by telling her that people should worry about what they do and not what they might become.
0: That is really nice. And now I would like to leave you with a horrible thought, because as Friday and G land the not titanic on the ice field, I cannot help but think about the remains of the American Research Station that is on the other side of the mountain,
1: next to this field. Do you know that the thing is screened annually in February to mark the beginning of winter at the Amundsen-Scott South Pole Station?
0: Do you know that that is awesome? Yes! Well, the kids are dropped back at home in the wee hours of dawn by Friday who then takes off to do some exploring with Marina. The kids, all yawning, pick up their earlier conversation about how having powers is making them into monsters.
1: Alex thinks everyone who has powers thinks that they're monsters. Julie thinks that having powers is fun, and there are some redeeming social values. Jack doubts all of this because he almost killed someone, and he doesn't want their parents to find out. Julie points out that they saved a lot of lives tonight and that they did it without hurting anyone. Jack just wants to check the paper and see if they were outed as he feared at the beginning of the issue.
0: Hmm, turns out that people just thought that they were hallucinations brought on by Snake Eyes' hypnotic attack, so time did tell, and Mr. Not Smart Cloud was wrong about two things after all. Mm-hmm. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Snake Eyes! A real Xanthian Boulder Crusher! Finally, Katie is asleep because she is the smartest when it comes to discussing
1: moral quandaries. Next issue. Problems. Big time.
0: So, um, all this talk about secret identities in front of Friday and still no masks. No. What up? They haven't specifically asked
1: Friday for masks.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they're talking about secret identities. And Friday's like, hey, here, kids, here's some scuba equipment. Hey, kids, here's some helmets. Hey, kids, here's some stuff that just fits right in with your costumes and works perfectly like scuba gear Oh, you're talking about secret identities and how you're worried people will find out who you are? Here's some scuba gear, kids. Yeah.
1: Friday is the Enterprise of the Marvel Universe in the sense that uh, she just brings in plot devices and that are only good for that plot, and then afterwards it just goes away and resets. So they didn't have masks at the beginning of this uh, issue, so they don't have masks at the end.
0: Fine, I just I want the kids to have masks. Eventually, long time down the line, they will get masks, but it's not until forever. See, it doesn't bug me. I it bothers me because I mean they're talking all the time about how they're worried about their identity. And they're not doing anything to really protect
1: their identity. But they sure are dropping their real names a lot. They, they, in this issue, it was hilarious because they, uh, like Alex was like, okay, from here on out, superhero names only. And then they immediately just start calling each other by their real names.
0: Most of the time, it's him, though, I think. He does it a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the one who does it the most, I think. And he's yeah. the one who calls for the names, and the rest of them do a fairly decent job. But
1: well, No, they all name drop as well, but uh, Alex, or G, especially does it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they all just go. Okay, you're, you're, we better use our fake names: Julie and Jack and Katie. I'm <laughs> it, Alex speaking. It does. Speaking, by it, the does
0: way. it does. It does make for uh, good humor on our part. Yeah, so. it, it helped for that, which was pretty great. If we want to go realistic here, mm-hmm. this is very much like kids mm-hmm.
1: still brand new
0: to having powers. Oh yeah, they're not quite getting it yet.
1: Well, uh, if I if I had superpowers and a secret identity, you'll say that I'm going to be. Uh, here, I'm gonna look around. I'm gonna be washing machine beer. You know, it's like, you know, it'd be kind of like we are don't worry, citizens, washing machine beers. Does that sound weird? Yes. I just, how about this? I'm here to save you. What's your name? Uh, it's it's washing machine beer man guy, and and I can't help but notice that you're just wearing a domino mask and you've got a very recognizable beard. (laughs) That's well. Here's the other thing about masks is perpetual. I mean, look at the new Miss Marvel comic. You know, it's it's great, and she does have just kind of like the little uh, you know silhouette little uh, domino mask, like a small domino mask, and it's very much like oh yeah, no way that I could tell what you look like at all with the entirety of your face exposed, except for like a glasses rim thickness around your eyes. Hey, if we know
0: anything from comic books, if Superman has taught us anything, a good pair of glasses
1: does make you look like somebody else entirely. Let me show you. Who's that man? It's a stranger across from me. Oh, thank God. Rick, you're back. There was a man in here. I don't know what he wanted, but he looked violent and and, uh, unintelligent. I think the reason it might not work
0: quite as well with me is I don't have the little... Curly Q thing Oh yeah
1: You need the curly Q You know I actually uh, When I was running A Marvel superheroes campaign uh, I said that If the person was wearing A trench coat And a Like a hat uh, That they just That you just You know it could be power armor And if they had A a trench coat and a hat on That you just didn't know Who they were It seems legit to me Yeah it was just like Oh it's another person In the crowd The kids all talk about Being monsters Yeah well they keep on Running into people That say that they're monsters Cloak and dagger Monsters of light and dark Destined to feed on the suffering of my cold heart, and oh, woe is yeah. me. I mean, yeah, really, Marina. If, you, if you think about it, I mean, they so
0: far, they have hit four superheroes. Right. They hit Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Cloak and Dagger, and Marina. Yeah. Spider-Man told them to go home and stop playing at the superhero game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually got some face-to-face time with Cloak and Dagger and with Marina. And you got three three out of the four characters who really hate themselves. I mean, yeah, Peter Parker like is Spider-Man. I mean, he's actually got a fairly good self-image. I mean, yeah, he, uh, well, Spider-Man he, has a good self-image. Peter Parker does not. Yeah, but, you know. There you go. But at the same time, you got three characters who just really hate themselves. They are not good role models for these kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't help that they got their powers from an alien, so there's always kind of a question of, eh, is this all kosher? Is this all going to be good? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if they were to follow this up with meeting the Hulk... <sighs>
1: <laughs> no, it would, that would be great, because they'd be like... Hulk, do you think of yourself as monster? And Hulk would be like, Hulk is individual being. Hulk has self-identified as Hulk who smash. Hulk is at peace with life. <laughs> to be fair, Hulk, although he
0: is a monster, probably has the best self-image of anybody. <laughs> yeah, Hulk is. Yeah, Hulk is strongest. Hulk is happy with lot. <laughs> fair enough. I, it makes sense that it makes sense that Jack is really questioning himself because he nope. had the the brief run-in with mortality there when he almost killed
1: somebody. No. Yeah. well. Yeah, we well let's just work our way. You know. Sure. <clears throat> oh, well, I was gonna. Well, we already started with Jack. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, like you said, Jack almost. Jack was cool. He's like, I got powers. I'm awesome. Yeah. Shoot, I almost killed a guy. I need to rethink this. Katie had Katie. that very. You know, she even asked. She was like, Alex. You know, why do you said we might become monsters? Are we? And and she's probably got the most trend. Her power
0: affects her physical look. Yeah, probably more than anybody else. I mean, Jack turns into Jack turns into a Jack cloud. Turns but, into cloud but I mean, it's like you know, whatever. Yeah, um, you know, when he goes small, he's still himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Julie, she shoots a rainbow out behind her. Okay, that's just cute. Yeah, so. Really, the most physical appearance one, the one that mostly looks like a monster, is the smallest one of
1: Energizer. Yeah, and she does the uh, the most offensive stuff, which is yeah. the disintegration and the powerball shooting. So, yeah, so it, it,
0: it makes sense that she's kind of already working through this monster thing. And she's got her own fears of being a young child as she's trying to deal with everything that she's seen. <sighs> but my,
1: yeah, but my opinion on that is that she's worked through that. Because she was thinking, I'm a monster, I could be a monster, I'm a monster. And then Carmody was like, you're monsters. And he, she's like, wait a minute, I'm not a monster, you are. I think she's starting to work through it. I don't think that she's completely finished with it. Because I, okay. I do
0: know there's other things coming up that will always make her question it. Okay. I think she's got a pretty good self-image, but it's a work in progress for her. She's fine right now. Mm-hmm. But she's questioned the past, she'll probably question the
1: future. Okay. So, Julie... She was worried that she might be viewed as a monster by their parents. But her mom just offhandedly said that even if you flew, I'd always love you. So she's she's kind of
0: got the the attitude of like, uh,
1: let's just do good. Yeah. Yeah. She even said it. She was like, having superpowers is fun and uh, has redeeming social values.
0: Yeah. And then we have Alex, who's just looking at this like a big old science experiment.
1: Yeah, he's uh, at no point is he ever referenced like feeling like a monster. In fact, he's talking to these other, you know, he talks to Marina and he's like, you know, I've encountered a couple of people saying that they're monsters and I don't think they are because it's what you should do. It's not what you fear you might do. Who would have thought that Alex would be the sane therapist, psychological one? He's the oldest. So he's got a little bit more life experience. So he's observing things a bit more. (coughs) Respect your elders. (laughs) <laughs> respect your twelve-year-old elders.
0: I still think he's a goober.
1: <laughs> that's your that's, that's fine. That's your opinion, and I respect that.
0: Letter page report. I noticed that somebody else pointed out in issue seven that Jack was going commando after he clouted to his clothes. So,
1: woohoo! Yay! You and another person are paying attention to the underwear status of a young boy.
0: Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, why did you do that to me? <laughs> because
1: I'm a bully, that's what I mean. Uh,
0: another riser also called out the creators about Alex's tie.
1: They blame his mother. The, the creators blame the mother, saying, hey, the mother, his uh, mom dressed him and said, wear this tie. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, he's the one to put it on. Yeah, and he kept it on when he went to school and everything. Yeah, I got no problem with ties, and I've seen kids wearing ties, and it's, it can be cute. Ties can be cool, but you have to be cool to wear the tie. Alex uh... is not cool,
0: therefore... He's not bringing it back. He's not bringing it back.
1: He he did not. He did not bring Taz back.
0: Um, There's also a letter that asks who Whitey is because they can't find issue number one. It's strange to think about a time that we used to live that we didn't have the internet to provide us this information. Yeah,
1: within a reasonable time frame, too, of not being able to look up anything you want to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking earlier on that I was on that episode of Alphabet Flight. The reason why... Yeah, you know, he's doing this. He's reading the Marvel, the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. This is something that existed back then. It's something that I loved mm-hmm. as as a reader at that time. Yeah. Even though they came out be- right before I started, um, or they finished the run right before I started collecting comics, I went back and picked up all those issues of the official handbook. Mm-hmm. Because I was just getting into comics, and I wanted to know who these people were. And this was a fantastic tome of knowledge that I could actually go in and figure out, oh, that's who this person is, that's how they relate to this, Mm -hmm. and oh, that's who these people are. Yeah, for just a reader who's coming in, especially somebody who doesn't have a comic book store nearby them and Mm -hmm. doesn't want to go and pick up an older issue, they were using the letter pages back then as a way to communicate with the creative team to say, hey, Who are these characters? What's the backstory? Because I missed this Mm -hmm. and I need to know this moving forward. And it's cool that there's that communication that goes on.
1: No, that is actually really, really kind of cool. And the fact that, yeah, and the fact that, like, in this letter page, Carl Potts really seems to actually address the questions in the letters. So that's really pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's something that still goes on to this day. Mm-hmm. A lot of the creators use still use the letter page as well as other social media outlets to really communicate with the the readers. Mm-hmm. I read, do a lot of my reading of Marvel Comics stuff right now on Marvel Unlimited. A lot of the comic books they bring in don't include the letter pages, and I wish they did because mm-hmm. it's such kind of it's such a touchstone to what's going on. Some of the newer ones bring them on, which is fantastic because you kind of see that communication, that two-sided communication that occurs.
1: I always saw it in more of the uh, independent ones. Like the Luna Brothers Mm -hmm. for the sword and uh, girls. Uh, They had good letter pages where they were like, yeah, let's just talk about whatever it is you're interested about. Yeah.
0: Speaking of letters and words and all that fun stuff, Mm -hmm. let's take a little walk to the library, library, library. This is why I let Jeff do the singing, because I can't sing or hold a tune. Okay, I was going to make some offhand literary reference to Jules Verne, but Jeff pointed out to me, and I'm glad he did, there's an actual literary reference in this issue. At the point of the story where Alex is going to play the flute, he says that the music is supposed to soothe the savage beast. Now, this is a very common misinterpretation of the opening line of the play, The Morning Bride by William Congreve from 1697. The opening, in its entirety, is this. Music has charms to soothe the savage breast. To soften rocks, or bend a knotted oak. I've read that things inanimate have moved, And as with living souls have been informed. By magic numbers and persuasive sound, What then am I, am I more senseless grown, Than trees of flint, a force of constant woe. Tis not in harmony to calm my griefs, Anselmo sleeps and is at peace last night, The silent home received the good old king. He and his sorrows now are safely lodged within its cold but hospital bosom. Why am I not at peace? This is interesting in a twofold manner. Uh, The first being that they are using music in an attempt to soothe the savage boulder crusher. And secondly, the fact that these lines are in regards to grief, sadness, and lack of peace. I really think that this was put in for Marina since almost every line that she has spoken is one of depression. I might be reading into a lot more than the writer intended, but that's just my take on it. And very good job on pulling up that kind of obscure reference.
1: Yeah, I saw that in the issue and I'm like, "Oh, Sue so the Savage Beast." And I'm like, "I think I know something about that." And I read, you know, and I looked it up and I read it and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, this it's they're saying it's the like one of the most common misinterpreted uh, quotes mm-hmm. because everybody goes Sue the Savage Beast and it's like, <laughs> "Oh, it's um, you know, Sue the Savage Breast." So it's not just an animal, it's you know just the hearts of, of anything or anyone.
0: And you think that people think you don't know things. You actually do know things. Yeah, which I, is why I'm sending you to your corner, so you can tell us a little bit of a science
1: fact. Yay, <laughs> it's cowboy, <laughs> cow, yay! It's Cowboy Science Corner, where Jeff Googles a thing. Showing how smart he is, because he has a machine that has Google. And he learns things and tells you about it.
0: And I sent you off with a couple of tasks. Yeah. Tell me about your findings.
1: Okay, the first science bit that we have is about dolphins because the kids encounter a pod of dolphins that's been knocked out and they're underwater and uh, they're worried about the dolphins drowning. So it's kind of like, well, how long can a whole dolphin hold its breath? And they basically came up with, we don't know. So I looked it up and I figured it out. Dolphins can stay submerged for eight to 10 minutes at a time and some species can stay submerged for up to 15 minutes. So let's just uh, assume that snake eyes had just been through the area like a minute ago and knocked out these, these uh, dolphins. And then the kids came across them. And so they had enough time to actually get suited up and go out and save them. Cause otherwise, yeah, bad things. And that was sure. sad where they're like, we rescued the dolphins, except they're all dead. And now we're sad. And it's a sad story. Line. instead of, yay, we saved dolphins, which is great. So that's how long a dolphin can stay underwater. Uh, now here's the thing, you know, if they're unconscious and underwater, can they actually drown? Uh, it's actually rare for a Marine mammal to drown as they don't have gills so they don't inhale underwater but they can and do suffocate from lack of air yeah Yeah, you'll have like those you know you'll see the things where it's like in the arctic where uh the water freezes over and there's just like a little hole that actually has you know contact to the surface where air goes and you'll see just that's where you know like these mammals you know like whales and dolphins and things just winter next to this hole where they can breathe and they just go around and take turns just going to that So they kind of—it's
0: nice. It's it's kind of cute that they take turns.
1: Yeah, it's 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 great. But yeah, so dolphins—the dolphins dolphins wouldn't drown, but they would suffocate because they couldn't—they aren't going to breathe down there. So they could have actually died under the water. So Power Pack did a good good thing. They did a very good good thing. I also actually learned about a lot about uh, dolphin sleep habits, and the uh, researchers have discovered that dolphins actually go about 15 days between sleeping.
0: It's kind of like you, as, as, as a father of a uh, one-year-old.
1: Yeah, as a yeah, as a father of a one-year-old and also somebody who just uh, can't sleep more often than not. So, you're kind of like a dolphin. I'm a little bit like a dolphin, except... A hairy dolphin. I'm a hairy-bearded dolphin. It's a very... <laughs> ra- yeah, it's a very... And I giggle like that, too. Very uh, rare subset of uh, aquatic mammals. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, actually, uh, what they do for that 15 days of uh, not really sleeping is they kind of Drink nap. coffee? Yeah, they drink lots of coffee. They okay. drink seaweed coffee. It's like Starbucks, but of the sea. No, what they do is uh, they turn half their brains off. They turn off one of, uh, half their brains and one of their eyes. And then they switch back and forth. And while that's going on with this kind of like half brain. Yeah, seriously, researchers discovered this. Uh, where they're kind of in this half brain mode. It gives them enough kind of like awareness to swim slowly and do stuff. You know, it's like, okay, I need to go up and get air. So they're kind of napping but they're awake but half of their brain isn't and they do that for you know over that like 15 days and when they actually you know at the end of that 15 days when they actually go to sleep they do a thing called logging which is they just surface and float at the top of the water looking like logs and then just get their full sleep because they can breathe there it's weird dolphins are weird everything's weird okay yeah with a little bit of time left, tell me a little bit about underwater sound. Okay, because we were experiencing this in this uh, issue because they were drawing snake eyes into their trap chamber, and they did that by making squeaky noises by uh, like turning cranks and stuff. And, and,
0: and they were also talking to Marina underwater, which also yeah. blows my mind.
1: Uh, they had their aquatic stuff. She, uh, she, I can, I can actually go with
0: she can talk underwater, yeah. and they can hear her. Yeah, it's just them talking it. I guess maybe we can get there. No,
1: uh, no, because it would work because she could say she can talk underwater and they can talk in their helmets and the sound is transmitting. Okay. Because uh, yeah, underwater sound it's like you know, like why could they have heard, you know, heard each other? Sure. And why is sound so loud underwater? Because when they were turning the uh, the wheel and it was making the shrieking noises, which you guys got to experience. Have a good day. Uh, everybody was like holding their heads and going ah, making the ah, oh, my goodness, it's so loud noises. And the reason for that is because if you put your head underwater, sound becomes much louder, and you also feel it more. Uh, this is because above the surface, the sound waves only vibrate your eardrum and the uh, inner ear ear bones. So you know you're only getting eardrum, the little bones. That's mm-hmm. that's the amount of stuff that's vibrating, so that okay. you can hear. Uh, but when your head is submerged. Your skull also vibrates with the sound because it's close to the same density and elasticity of the water. So below the surface, sound waves pass directly through the water and into your head. Because of that, you can hear uh, higher frequencies underwater. So sound is louder underwater because you're hearing it with your whole head. Okay. Yeah. So it, and uh, yeah, it's just also hey, sounds weird too uh, because also sound underwater travels at five times the speed that it does in air. Okay. Yeah. And which means that it's hard to like, you know, if you hear something, you know, it's like, and you hear it and you go, oh, that's over there because you're hearing the kind of the stereo effect in your ears where you're like, oh, I heard it here first and then here second. But underwater, you just hear tap, tap, tap. And it sounds everywhere because it's traveling so fast. It hits both of your, uh, like your eardrums at the same time. So there you go. There's some science. You found out about the weirdness of dolphins and the weirdness of sound. So happy science day, everybody.
0: On that note, let's move on to the final thoughts. Refrigerator Gallery. Mm -hmm. What piece of artwork in this book needs to be put on the family refrigerator? Okay, I have a a joke one, a backup one, and a first place one. You always (laughs) got a joke one. Let me hear the joke one. Okay, uh, The joke one is on page 9 page nine as we flip to page nine we are traveling down the comic book highway to page nine okay
1: in the upper right hand corner i call this one nya nya, and it is uh, jack (laughs) as a cloud sticking his tongue out and has his fingers in his ear doing the kind of nya nya kind of typical thing you know at a shark this giant toothed red-eyed monstrous shark that's been attacking him and i just thought it's really funny that a cloud is, uh, like, <laughs> thumbing its nose, basically, that <laughs> a shark. Good, good choice. Yeah, so that's my joke.
0: I, I, I Once again, this is the second issue with Brend Anderson, and we both just love his art. He just makes...
1: He fills the page with stuff. It's just like the background is not just like, oh, we'll just put a yellow background and maybe a black slash in there for a shadow. No, he fills it up. It's just like, here's clouds. Here's a city. Here's a bunch of fish. Here's an underwater aquarium. Here's a Carnegie Hall. He just, he fills his art space with art. It is crazy.
0: A good example of this is My Choice, which is the first Page the opening splash page. This your joke or your first place? This is my first play, or not oh. my first place. This is my backup play. Okay. This is the kids coming out of their uh, apartments' rooftop exit, uh, the top of the staircase, where Friday's on the um, roof waiting for them, and they're just exploding out there. And you've got the backdrop of the city back there, and there's just a lot of action, a lot of hey, we're in the episode, we're in the issue. Here we go. Yeah. So, it
1: looks good. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, it is hard to beat the splash pages.
0: It really is. I, 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 there's all the things I know there's a lot of good stuff, but I just kept coming back to the splash page. That's my backup one. Okay.
1: What do you got? My backup is on page 12. It's the uh, upper left spot. Okay, and I call uh, I call this one perspective, and it's just really kind of cool because it's like they're back away. You're seeing uh, Friday the Smart Ship, and then everybody kind of standing on it. And then past that is Snake Eyes and a big Cloud Jack blocking Snake Eyes' eyes. It just looks really neat. It's like you're standing, you know, you're standing away. You're observing what's going on. You're not, you know, normal. Normally they have it where you're kind of in the action. You're like showing the kids up real close and they're doing stuff. This is like you're observing it from a distance, like you're on a fishing trawler going, "What's that over?" Over there oh it's a weird cloud snake
0: that's a very cool one i like that i like yep. i like your choice on that one so my favorite one is on page 21 oh, and it's okay. the top of page 21 and i call this one well there goes the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> and what we got here is we got the uh, good ship lollipop <laughs> being drug into the frozen tundra of yep. the uh, Antarctica.
1: Actually, it's the Arctic. I didn't want to mess. It's up. It's the Arctic? Yeah, it's okay. the Arctic. It's, it's the, the Arctic. Because right. first of all, there's a uh, polar bear there. There is a polar bear. Which Arctic is a bear thing. And so Arctic basically means Fair bears enough. here. Fair enough. Antarctic means no bears. But you wanted a thing joke, which I'm fully in favor of because the thing's awesome. So yeah,
0: yeah, I screwed that up. No, I that's
1: think. okay. There's a there's a little bit of geography disparity, but who cares? Who
0: cares? It's, we we gotta mention the thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but on this one, we got the polar bear in the foreground, standing on a piece of ice, looking at this weird scene of this big shipwrecked ship being dragged into the frozen wasteland with a sunset in the background. It's just a very
1: pretty picture. No, it is really pretty. That looks great. Yeah, that looks. Really, I just really
0: can't help weird. but think that this this polar bear is just like, oh goodness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> First to set crashed airplane from world war ii that had captain america in it now it's a sunk uh, ocean liner from world war ii <sighs> and and i just got rid of rid of wilford brimley i mean come on <laughs> enough thing jokes uh, what's your top one my first one is a uh, bottom right of page three call it fish <laughs> yes yes it's awesome it's a
0: great one it's
1: yeah yeah it's they're in friday they're arguing about stuff and alex basically says shut up and come look out this window and so all four kids are pressed to to the window just looking at all the fish in the water and just they got these big cheesy and grins on their face it looks like me when i'm looking at stuff this neat because <laughs> it's all like that's... look at all this it's so cool
0: this has got a lot of great underwater shots, yeah. and I and I wanted to include a lot of the great ones. Oh, there's a I, lot of
1: great art in this.
0: But but I got to say, that one right there, that's going to be that top, uh, because that is the epitome of what this is. It's yep. the kids looking at the fish underwater. Yeah, they're having an yeah.
1: underwater adventure seeing neat
0: things. Rubber and glue moment, my friend. Mm-hmm. What was the best or most childish insult that you've got? My backup is on
1: page 14
0: okay this is uh, yes yes this is this might be I'll my just, top I'll one
1: just reach out oh okay, this well, is
0: my top one
1: is it so let okay, me go well, then i won't uh then
0: well, well hold on to that one let me tell you my backup one okay my backup one is page 22 so this one is not jack this one is julie uh <laughs> oh, i see it i know what it is <laughs> and in the middle of a yawn mm-hmm. and responding back to uh alex's really question julie responds don't be dumb mr smart alex yeah Uh, which i just i like it it's a nice play on words it's Mm -hmm. a nice thing and it's coming from julie and it's in the middle of a yawn and it's pretty darn good
1: which is pretty cool yeah and my first place is on page nine and guess what yeah it's jack uh and this is relating to my joke uh artwork as well when uh (laughs) because Because Jack is, you know, gnawing at the shark as a cloud. And uh, it's just another classic Jack Massmaster line because he's all, Stupid shark, can't touch the great Massmaster. (laughs) Yeah! Just, I'm just like, okay, Jack, he's, you can insult the shark all you, all you want, but he's not going to get it. He's not going to be like, oh, curse you, great mass master. <laughs> you foiled my efforts to eat you, you giant cloud. So, yeah, that's my first place one is just because, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved uh, him caneering <laughs> a, a shark
0: and as far as my favorite and mm-hmm. jeff's backup as the kids are uh swimming into the deserted shipwreck uh jack is going on and on about uh wondering if they'll find some skeletons i believe it's Julie sitting there saying yep. uh that you know that's disgusting mm-hmm. and it's not going to be uh, and you know it's probably struck an iceberg or something probably you know, the people had plenty of time to evacuate. Mm-hmm. And Jack, dear
1: Jack, responds with, I'm mass Master Slime Brain, and I'll bet there are skeletons, right, G? G? <laughs> Slime brain.
0: slime brain how that did not come as your favorite one oh, i don't
1: uh, know it, again i think it was the combo combination of uh, the art and the nyanyang, you know uh, a shark uh it the, trust me slime brain it, slime brain's good it, it was very much a well mm, oh, but uh i don't know i just thought the concept of neenering a shark just topped it fair enough fair mm. enough It is a shark attack. Yeah, it was a shark (laughs) attack. You are correct.
0: That brings us to stars and detention. Mm -hmm. We need to identify the child who was the best and which child was the worst in this issue.
1: There were not really any bad kids uh, in this. There weren't any like kind of really standout bad stuff that anybody did. Just by default, since somebody has to be in detention, I'm going to give it to Julie. Really? Why are you going to give it to Julie? Uh, she didn't do huge amounts of stuff, and at one point, she rescued Alex when he didn't need it, instead of rescuing uh, Energizer, you know, Katie, who was you know underwater and surrounded by sharks. And Alex is like, I can levitate and just just get out of the water. Katie can't. What are you doing, rescuing me? So that, that's about the only reason. Again, all the kids were pretty great in this one.
0: It's kind of funny because I have Julie for the same exact reasons. Oh, okay. She endangered Katie by leaving her in the water and I really didn't like her reasoning at the end. I thought it was a bit of a cop out for her that uh her Which... reasoning she likes her powers mm-hmm. and they're fun and they're and they're nifty. She's always kind of a Appeared to be more of a brainiac, somebody who really thinks about things. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not not the brainiac that uh, Alex is, but just more of a logical, thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. And it just seems kind of, I hate to say it, but kind of an airhead answer. These are fun powers. Yeah. And it okay. just, it didn't seem like her. And I just kind of felt it was, it wasn't as good of a Julie as I've seen in the past. Okay. So, but yeah, I agree. She 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 got the worst.
1: Yeah. It, but again, by very much just by default if somebody had to be worse. On the opposite side. Yeah. Yep. Uh let's In this case I'm going to go ahead and steal from Hub
0: because I stole this thing from Hub from uh Titan the Defense anyways and he likes to say who's the speedy and who's the Aqualad mm-hmm. and I think it's fitting for this tale that we should say who's the
1: Aqualad uh, as the best. <laughs> I am going to say Aqualad Alex gee it's a i'm
0: G saying that you are correct as well yeah, right. i believe we were, that as well we we agree on both yeah, on this one 100%. why do you say why do you say alex
1: he came up with a lot of the plans uh he you know when everybody was celebrating that they scared off snake eyes he's like yeah we weren't supposed to scare him off we were supposed to catch him uh his power set helped rescue dolphins quicker his power set also helped trap and uh you know oh hey okay cool <clears throat> we can do this we've trapped uh snake eyes now i'm gonna levitate this entire ship and then you guys gotta tow it away and i'm gonna have to spend the entire time he <laughs> A degraft. I'm just
0: gonna go ahead and let you read my notes here because. Uh,
1: wow! Oh, worst, uh, all I kids did a good do job. Best, too. Alex. He had plans and made the magic happen. Worst, Julie. She endangered Katie by <laughs> so leaving her in the water. Just uh, uh, yeah, a- okay. Alex. He,
0: he had the plans. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he had the plans. It's, it's pretty much exactly what
1: you said. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's true. It was uh, it was an Alex episode. Yes, yeah, it was. Or issue. Yeah, both. There we go. Yeah. Alex is the man. This episode. Yeah, he did a great job. Speaking of G. Speaking of G's, mm-hmm. we got some G's this episode. We'll, we'll cover the unofficial G count here after huh? i do the official we had a g g-force count of two so two? And that is basically a sports car, G-forces, you know, 0 to 100, mm-hmm. blah, 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 seconds. So it's it's some G-force. You can you feel a tug. It's nothing great. But it's... Yeah. Uh, so they had two Gs. Two official Alex Gs. Two official... Alex Jeff! Not yet, man, because we got... Here, Just we'll oh, okay. just throw through it real quick. Uh, the G average is 2.5, which is uh, at the bottom end of a Graviton. You know, the, the yeah, amusement yeah. park, right? So we're still in the amusement park. Yep. And then in Toto, we have uh, 25 official G counts in, in 10, 10 issues. issues. Yeah, and so that's two and a half times the G-force that a uh, you know like a fighter jet will experience in a turn. So I don't have a good twenty-five G rating, so I kind of have to do the well. It's two of these. It's two and a half of those. But here is the deal: the unofficial G count in this is crazy because they drop G's like they were Tony Stark at a uh, at a casino. It was just they dropped so many G's. It was crazy. All of the Gs were in use of Alex's name. Yeah, everybody was calling it, yeah, G, hey G, G, G knows this, G, G did G, this, G, 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 G G's G, plan G, 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 came G, through. G. Yeah. They dropped 20 Gs in this issue. 20. <laughs> they dropped as many Gs in one issue as uh like our total was in like six <laughs> issues of this comic. They it was just a G fest. It was a G storm. It was G's issue. It was GSU. issue. It was, yeah, it was very much a GSU and it was G-tacular. All right. Yeah. On that note, let's talk about this top grade. How do we evaluate this issue against the rest of the issues? It was it was good, but since it was like a tie-in with the other one, I'm going to put it... I don't know if I want to put it just above or just below the issue that preceded it at for issue nine.
0: So the last issue was, is currently at number four. Yeah. Do we think it's better or worse than the last issue?
1: I kind of actually want to say that this is better than the previous issue. So I want this to be the new fourth ranked spot. But it's really hard, because the last one had great stuff in it. The last this one
0: last one had a lot more character. I think this one had more action. Yeah,
1: that would be a good way to describe it.
0: And personally for me, and you can disagree with me on this one, mm-hmm. personally for me, I think that the ones where character builds up for Power Pack is more interesting to me.
1: They did, yeah they introduced uh, Gramps they introduced the city yeah you know yeah I, again I was pretty mm. wishy washy on you know, put it I'm so,
0: okay I'm keeping these together yeah um I love Homecoming I really do like Homecoming mm-hmm. but I think that these that I think that this is still above Homecoming
1: okay so issue number nine uh, the previous one is going to be. Ranked fourth. And this one and is going to be fifth. This will be ranked fifth, pushing right. Homecoming a little bit further down the slide. It's
0: kind of sad. I, I, I still like the Homecoming. Yeah, a Homecoming lot, is great. But I mean, I think that we're okay with doing that on this one.
1: Yep. And, All right, and again, this is an official ranking, anyway. This it's is our ranking; more, it's completely yeah. official. Oh, it's super. Uh, Jeff and Rick present official. I mean,
0: We'd... we we are the we are the experts of Power Pack at this point. <laughs> yeah. Who the heck do you think you are? <laughs> yeah. You're an expert
1: of Power Pack. <laughs> what we say is law. That is what I put until, on my business cards. Until
0: Louise Simonson or June Brigman or anybody else who yeah, actually created it, tells us yeah. wrong.
1: They're the experts. Uh, again, uh, anything that we say is really taken with taken with a grain of salt because we're kind of doing the well in our opinion and we might not be saying in our opinion but it is very much like we're holding, we think this makes sense
0: we're holding our, our our thumb up to the light and holding it up and down depending upon how we think the issue looks against yeah. the light so yeah. speaking of arbitrary judging of things <laughs> let's talk about beer yeah let's talk about beer baby let's talk about
1: what we drink so uh how do you like this one uh, I'm kind of going for about a three Powerball, mm-hmm. just due to the fact that it's you know hey cool Sea Monster that's awesome Stouts yeah that's neat it is really current heavy in it is my very current heavy yeah it is it's like I drink it and I'm all wow that's currants what about the rest that's I'm, just yeah, it's currants it's, it's, it's very if you like if you like currants this is the stout for yeah. you it, it is, is burly yeah it you know because it says that it uh, has uh, you know oatmeal stout roasted coffee notes. Bittersweet chocolate, current. I get current. Yeah. I get nothing but current. You know, the four mid and you know, way in the distant note. No, I'm, I'm, is, I'm it's all current.
0: I'm agreeing with you on on this. I am I'm agreeing with you on the three powerballs as well. Yeah. I I it's I like it, but uh, I sure
1: don't love it. No, I don't. I don't yeah, love it. I'll drink it, but then I also notice that we've been just sipping them down. Yeah. They're 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 not going, oh man, where's more? We, we especially
0: split... not especially not after the really good peanut brother we had yeah, early that on. Was... <laughs> But no, this yeah. is this is. I agree. This is about a three. Mm-hmm. All right. On that note, I think we should kick it over. And find out what my daughter thought about this episode. What did she think about this episode? I don't know. Carrie, why don't you tell us? How you doing, Carrie? Good. What's new with you?
2: The comic because it's a new issue.
0: Sweet. What was this issue about?
2: They had Ma- Marina in it a mm-hmm. lot. They helped her. The Power Pack kids working together with Marina and trying to capture Snake
0: and what were they trying to do with Snake Eyes?
2: To take him to the North Arctic.
0: Why were they trying to take him up there? Why were they trying to take Snake Eyes someplace cold?
2: Because he's a reptile. A snake is a reptile. And a rep- reptiles, they love the sun.
0: Okay, they love the sun. So why are they taking him up north?
2: So he can hibernate.
0: That's right. They're trying to force him to hibernate, aren't they?
2: Yeah, so they can save the people.
0: Because Snake Eyes is... Evil? I wouldn't say evil. Bad? I wouldn't say bad. Is he dangerous? Um, yes. So can somebody be dangerous without being evil and bad?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. That's why they just want him to hibernate.
0: Did you learn anything else about the kids?
2: They work together a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Even if they argue sometimes.
0: What did you think about the artwork? Did you like it? What did you like about the artwork?
2: I like the artwork from the background. Because the background is normally water, and I really like the water part.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's your shirt. <laughs> it was kind of cool seeing them under the sea? Yes. <laughs> so the background uh, made you think of the sea?
2: Well, th- the background is the sea.
0: True. Is there any particular picture or panel that you really like?
2: I like that part where Jack used his cloud power and made a big rainbow sharks.
0: Oh, no, that wasn't Jack that did that. Who was that that did that? Jack just happened to be there when it happened.
2: I didn't know who it was.
0: You don't know who it was. Marina? Yeah. Oh. That wasn't Jack that did it. He doesn't have that power. Marina made those sharks go into a... It looks like it. Yeah, it kind of does, but no, that that wasn't Jack. He was amazed, too.
2: Oh, so he was just amazed.
0: Yeah, but you like that picture, though? Uh Uh-huh. Who's your favorite character in this?
2: No, Julie helped a lot.
0: Julie helped a lot?
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Especially the part where the dolphins. Is
0: there Anything else you want to say about this issue? Mm
2: -mm. No.
0: Thank you very much, Carrie. You're welcome. Love you.
2: Love you too. Bye.
0: And on that note, let's do some shout-outs. We would like to take some time to recognize those listeners who take some time to write in and leave us a review. Thanks to Timothy Price for his kind words on our website. We will wordsmith wondrous words weekly with weird watermelons. Hey, sorry about that. That last sentence kind of got away from me a little bit there. We try our best to come up with alliterative sentences as often as possible, and we enjoy doing it.
1: Thanks to Michael, Rick's wife's friend's husband. Yeah, you can track that. We appreciate your (laughs) continued support, and we hope you continue to get better.
0: Thanks to Alexander for your kind words on Twitter. I'm working with my daughter to develop a side podcast that hopefully we can do together.
1: Thank you to Cool Down Now for the very kind words on iTunes. They used an alias. It's great to be thought of as the next big podcast.
0: On Facebook, Kyle asked if we were doing the holiday special of Power Pack as well. Yes, we are. As well as the Legacy Issue 63 that came out last year. And we also will be doing some adjacent Power Pack crossover stories. So stay tuned for one of those.
1: And we have a Patreon account now. Woohoo! And we want to thank our first three patrons. Jeff, Alexander, and Matthew. We're gonna to put together some content to provide to our supporters. We really appreciate them and all of our listeners.
0: We will talk about where you can find our Patreon account
1: really soon. But first, Jeff and Rick Present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recorded in front of a live studio audience in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at JeffRickPresent, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word, at gmail.com, or at our website Jeff
0: And if you would like to help support our show, please do so on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com
1: slash Present, all one word. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social media. This really helps other people find our show, and it lets us know how we're doing.
0: And as always... We want to thank the wonderful women in our life. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie.
1: My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We,
0: we love, love you.
1: Until next week, costumes, costumes off.
0: off. Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Winner Winner. All music is by Kevin McLeod at a coptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.
1: Y'all ready for this? Dun shack. They're getting an awesome look at the fishies and strange sodar soder readings. Soders. Soders, men are soders. Go sports team. The aquatic manimal Mammals? Yeah, aquatic He because he was a shark. Me! This just in. Oh boy. I'm a pleasure to be around. That's what <clears throat> Hillary tells us uh, all the time. No, I don't think she does. <laughs> the kids. The kids. The kids. <laughs> Get off the answer voice, Jeff. I should really breathe while you're talking. And <laughs> oh, it's my turn. It's my <gasps> turn. <clears throat> As- <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we're done. Part <laughs> one is over. Join us for part two <sighs> in a month. This takes them to a ricked, sh- ricked. Yes, I'm right here. Yes. Hello. It's a ricked ship. Hey, it's my ship. Yeah, that's right. It, it, it,
0: I caused that ship you, damage. Yes. I
1: ricked it to you death. You ricked it. You handed it a beer and said, "Why don't you just take take a load off?" And I said, "I'm going to settle at the bottom of the sea," mm-hmm. which is cool. <laughs> 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 The snake tries to recoil back through the hole it made, but is getting stuck. tight, Bless you! <clears throat>